0: Love, talk, radio.
1: Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Sakun Wong and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me have my co-host this week is the godfather of Football Garbage Time and former editor-in-chief of Football at
2: the Point, Scott King. Hey, Scott, how you doing? I'm doing well. We're one week out of NFL season. Can't wait. I know. I can't believe we
1: finally got here. And with, to share on all this excitement with us tonight, of course, is our special guest, Dave Earl, writer for the Hawks' Eye. Hey, Dave, how you doing,
3: buddy? How are you today? I appreciate the time for me Let me on in. A week out from football, I can't have anything better than that right now.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, that, so uh, and you know what? The funny thing is that, of course, this is the first time that the three of us had a chance to talk about fantasy football one-on-one. We were all involved with the ninth annual Football Garbage Time uh, Twitter Mock Draft, which took a little bit longer than usual this year. I think it took like three weeks to get it all done. But uh, <laughs> that being said, it did get done eventually. Um, so, hey... Tell us a little bit about yourself, Dave, because this is the first time you had you on the show. Um, it says on your Twitter account, or can I even call Twitter anymore? I guess I got to call it X or something. Anyway, yeah, Twitter F- X. It works. X, that's cool, yeah.
2: It says that you're a retired Air Force vet. Is that right?
3: Yes. Uh, nine years active duty, transitioned into the Guard for 13 years. And so, uh, yeah, 22 years, F-16 mechanic, then supply chain after that. So. Wow.
1: Now that's fantastic! Well, thank you for your service, man. That's
3: awesome.
1: I usually thank, say you. thank you for your fantasy football advice, but now I can say thank you for your service too. That's cool. <laughs> and I'll just tell everybody that when um, when when uh, Dave signed on originally, he's like, hey, where's the video? Not knowing that we're super old school here, doing thing only by audio, and he was ready to show <laughs> off the entire Washington shrine behind him.
2: Um, you're a Washington fan first, then right? And a football fan second.
3: Uh, absolutely, yes. Uh, I uh, that was I was in the glory days of Gibbs and the Hogs and the Posse and so forth. I enjoyed the uh, championship runs. We were relevant every year. Had a class organization until we had well we like who we like to call on the Hogsty, the Tiny Tyrant, which would have been the former owner Dan Snyder. Yep, completely destroying that organization, so. That's right, that's right.
1: I I know that you guys were super psyched to have him out of your lives from that point forward.
3: That's (laughs) Yes. Um,
1: And and of course, we are, at Football Garbage Time, in a way, pulled into the entire Washington community because Adam and Eva, my previous co-host, uh, was obviously a huge fan, and uh, we interviewed Gary Clark and a bunch of others from that, uh, from those Super Bowl winning teams, and it's been fantastic. I actually have a Gary Clark jersey in my office hanging right behind me right now, so we'd be in the same place, man, if we had video. It looks like we're a wow. podcast right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think Scott would agree, because he's got his Detroit Lions stuff everywhere, but um, I'm pretty sure that, and, and, and I've obviously talk too much about the Washington about the Washington football team at this point uh, but the commanders or the Redskins or whatever you want to call them so let's turn back to what we're going to talk about today before I do that though let me apologize to our listeners it's not that my microphone sucks it's my voice that sucks and it sucks because as I was explaining to uh in the pre-show I was in Ireland this weekend uh watching the Notre Dame Navy game and the one thing that Ireland is known for is cold Damp weather all day and night long. So you can imagine being outside, watching football, drinking tons of Guinness and Irish whiskey. If you're not Irish, you're going to get sick. And here I am. I'm sick. So that's that's what happened to me. It's a badge of honor in one hand, and it's a real pain in the ass in the other. But either way, <laughs> you guys will have to forgive me that I sound like absolute dog butt right now. All right. So with that said, we're going to be talking about fantasy football today. All our pre, our post preseason thoughts on. On the draft, on fantasy football draft strategy, targets, and sleepers, as well as the impact of Jonathan Taylor and Ezekiel Elliott, Delvin Cook, and many others. So with that said, let's uh, let's get this thing rolling. Absolutely. All right. So let's... Okay. So now let's start by talking about Jonathan Taylor Because he was a big question mark for fantasy football players until very recently when we found out that there was no trade partner found for Jonathan Taylor. And and in part because the Colts did not accept any trade offers that were made for Jonathan Taylor. And he will be remaining on the PUP list for the beginning of the season, meaning he will be unavailable for the first four games of the season. So let me turn to you, Dave, first and get your thoughts on this. How are you treating drafting Jonathan Taylor for fantasy football going forward with this news.
3: You know, it's funny you asked that because we had a draft last night and um, I I took I actually took Jonathan Taylor. He fell to me in the fifth round. And that's that's how far he's falling and I'm like I I had other knees. I'm like, well, after four weeks I got myself I have myself a stud running back. Going through the rest of the year, round five, I couldn't pass from that. You know, but uh, as far as as far as draft wise, if he hits in the third or fourth round, I mean, you almost have to bite the bullet and take him.
1: Yeah. OK, well, that's definitely assuming, though, that he will play after his. Sure. Off. I mean, that's the big question mark that we have here. I mean, Scott, what do you think about that? How are you treating Jonathan Taylor with the news that he will be unavailable for at least the first four weeks of the season?
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I, I, I think it may actually help um, his trade value by sitting for a few weeks because it's going to give an opportunity to see what happens in the league. You, you don't ever want to see anyone get hurt, but if you know a team in contention, the Eagles, the 49ers, the Chiefs, someone have have a player go down, uh, his value is going to go up. So I, I do think he will play this year because – if he clears the pup list and he doesn't play, he loses the year of eligibility or, or the year of of, of playing of cash, time, which messes really. him up or right. yeah, throws off future um, free agency. So I do think he touches the field. I think there's still a good chance he gets traded, uh, but I wouldn't reach, you know, fifth round sounds, you know, hard to pass up and we'll talk about this later, but the running back position is super thin. So picking right. him, stacking him, if you have an IR slot that he can fit into on the pup list, then right. no harm, no foul, really.
1: Yeah, no, that's definitely a huge benefit here. Being on the pup list, if you do have an IR slot, you don't have to worry about carrying him on your bench, which is fantastic. Now, let me ask you this uh, now, Dave. Did you b- bother to go back and get Dion Jackson or Evan Hall in order to – have them in those first four weeks when Jonathan Taylor was out? Or did you just say, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to get other running backs. I'll, I'll make my way.
3: Well, actually, Deion Jackson actually went before Jonathan Taylor. He went wow. in round four. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but but if he was there, yes, I would have definitely uh, snatched him up and taken him to move forward with. But uh, the one player on – on uh, Indianapolis, I'll be directly affected, I think, is uh, Michael Pittman because Anthony Richardson is going to need that running game and Deion De- 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 Jackson isn't going to give what Taylor's going to give and he's going and he's, raw, he's young, he's a rookie, and Michael Pittman, I think, is going to feel that effect right there. So be careful drafting him too, too high in redraft leagues. But, right. But yeah.
1: I am treating the Indianapolis Colts as radioactive right now, guys. I'm just, I just don't want to touch anybody on that team. I don't know what to expect. I like consistency from my guys. So I'm right. taking a flyer on Anthony Richardson because you just, we just I feel like there's upside there. I just I, you know I don't want to touch any of these guys. Um, with that said, I do like the idea of Jonathan Taylor, taking him late, putting him in an IR spot. Uh, I, am, I, I don't want to count on him being there later in the season. So make sure if you do that plan accordingly a draft enough running backs to assume that Jonathan Taylor won't come back that way. If he comes back, it's just cherry on top. You know, that's the way I'm thinking about Jonathan Taylor. Let's talk about two other running backs real quick happened. Obviously uh, more than a week ago now, but let's talk about the impact of Ezekiel Elliott and the new England Patriots. Uh, Dave, any thoughts on how you're treated uh, or in your drafts how you're treating Ezekiel Elliott and the new England Patriots.
3: Uh, as far as uh, Ezekiel Elliott, to be honest with you, uh, or Stevenson? A lot of people are starting to drop a little bit in dress because of that move. And to be honest with you, I think he plays second fiddle to him anyway. Because Ezekiel it hasn't broken a thousand yards, I believe, in the last two years. He's been under four and a half yards a carry. He's been ineffective behind a really good wow. Dallas offensive line, and you can see the wear and tear on him right now. So. I think he's more of a short yardage guy who'll come in, maybe get like 10, 12 touches a game. You know, I don't see Belichick trying to force him into being a bell cow when he has Roman or Stevenson on that roster.
1: Yeah, I I kind of agree with that uh, out, that take there. But uh, Scott, what do you think about the impact of Ezekiel Elliott and the New England Patriots, and where are you thinking about if you're thinking about drafting him at all?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think where the damage comes is that he he will get those goal line touches which is actually going to hurt Stevenson's value and, and pull him down more than anything. I don't think, for me, Zeke's not draftable unless you consider him like a handcuff. You know, if you, if you want Stevenson, if something were to happen to him, Zeke could maybe carry the load a little bit. The one thing, you know, to keep in mind is, is it is Belichick and he'll do weird things. Sometimes if he, you know, if Stevenson fumbles, he'll, it for two quarters and Zeke will get all the touches or you know if something weird happens you might see Zeke out there so it's kind of a mixture of you know what does it do to Stevenson's goal line touches and then Belichick's known for just doing whatever he wants he doesn't really care about any one player getting them the ball so I think it makes the backfield um, one I would stay away from but if you do end up having to take Stevenson because of the thin running back I think you might as well grab Zeke and just stash him just in case. Right, right. And I,
1: and I, I think this is all true. I, I actually uh, agree with your guys' v- view of this entirely. And, and quite frankly, Ramondi Stevenson uh, was a big running back who really, really participated in terms of pass catching last year. Yeah, he was third in route participation amongst all running backs and targets as well. So, you know, that's not something that Zeke's going to do. Zeke is going to be a breather back. He's going to be a guy who might steal a couple goal line carries, but that's not, that's okay. Remande Stevenson actually didn't take a lot of inside the goal line uh, carries anyway. You know, I mean, he, he only had uh, he only had three scores within the 10 yard line last year, and he still had really good um, uh, value in terms of uh, fantasy football production. So, I don't care. The Zeke's there. I think it changes nothing for Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, I wouldn't bother Darren Zeke unless, you, like you said, uh, Scott you know, Flyer there as insurance policy. I don't think he has much left in the tank anyway. Let's talk about Dalvin Cook, though, now going to the newly tool, retooled New York Jets uh, to join Aaron Rodgers and company. Uh, what do you think here, Dave Earl? How are people treating Dalvin Cook and how are you treating Dalvin Cook in fantasy football drafts?
3: Dalvin Cook, that wasn't actually a very interesting place to go right there because I think uh, Brees Hall when he starts the year, I think he's going to be on on a bit of a pitch count, I think, because uh, he did hurt that uh, ACL quite late last year, I think about mid-season last year. So although when he's ready to go, he's probably uh, – Dalvin Cook, I think, initially going to take the touches away from him. Right. But as far as with Dalvin Cook, uh, it's – that's, that's, a, that's interesting because he's sitting there with Garrett Wilson as a receiver there. Aaron Rodgers, he loves to throw the ball around. Yep. Uh, when, when Brees Hall gets healthy, he's definitely going to be the number one guy there. Uh, and I think it's, I don't know, it's tough. I, he's a guy that I kind of would probably stay away with, to be honest you know, I, I I don't really trust Dalvin Cook in that uh, in in the Jets. I think I'm one of the few that, that actually talk like that, but I don't know. That's just me.
1: And and what do you think here, Scott, about Dalvin Cook in the Jets?
2: Yeah, that that one was a tough one um, from a fantasy standpoint because I, I like Paul uh, coming into the year. I I'd identified him in several leagues. Um, you know, I think it's going to definitely with the carries he is coming off that ACL which which was going to limit him anyways one thing I noticed I didn't watch a lot of the Jets Giants game I, I just watched a little bit of it but what stood out to me was the pressure and the this Jets offensive line really sucks um, as much as everyone says at least in a little bit I saw and so I wonder if they're going to have to hold running back's back for blocking assignments and is that going to change a little bit of the offense? So Mm -hmm. um, I went into the season before this pickup really liking Hall, but now with Cook and potentially this terrible offensive line, I don't know. It's another one where it's like, okay, well, if you land somebody, you better get them both and not that you want to see anybody get hurt, but if there was some sort of clarity in that backfield, it would definitely make one of them you know a top five, seven running back. I think, yeah. If it was just for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: agree. Right. I was so excited about Brees Hall before Dalvin Cook was signed, and it didn't make a lot of sense to me that they were going to activate Brees Hall. I, I thought that the reason why it was signing Dalvin Cook was to give Brees Hall more time on the pup list. Let, just don't activate him for the first four weeks. Let him rehab and get ready, get right. But he is actually and activated off the pup list, so he's going to start. And Cook is rehabbing a shoulder. I mean, so you, so you basically uh, paid a lot of money, the most money, actually, $8.6 million for a one-year deal. That's the most they paid for a veteran running back of any team this offseason um, to come in and play, what, 1A to a 1B? Or uh, I don't know what they're planning on doing there. So a uh, really interesting move here. And, and he does, in many ways, I see Dalvin Cook as killing Brees Hall's value as opposed to being a value himself. Uh, so I don't disagree with you, Dave. I, I, I'm talking the same way you are. I'm thinking the same way you are. I'm probably a, avoiding Dalvin Cook. I'd rather have Brees Hall. I think that they're going to try to move towards him in the long haul. And, and no no pun intended. Uh, because, right. You know, he's the, he's the guy. He was a rookie last year. He averaged 5.8 yards per carry as a rusher last year. He ranked fourth in yards after contact at 4.13. I mean, he also ranked fourth in running back receiving yards. Uh, and he, uh, he posted an elite 34.4% target rate per route run. I mean, he, the guy could do it all. He doesn't need Dalvin Cook. So, And Dalvin Cook, remember, he's on a one-year deal. There's, there's no reason for them to continue running with him if Brees Hall can take that job away. So right. uh, I'm, I'm staying away from, from Dalvin Cook. Uh, but I'm still taking my shares of Brees Hall <laughs> is the way I see it. <laughs> all right, guys. So that's some, some good good stuff on some new new running back positions there. Let's hit the boxing bell on that one. And move on to our uh, draft uh, strategy. So one first question I'm going to ask you guys is, what's your overall approach to draft strategy? And we're going to talk about PPR leagues today. And, and just based on the drafts you've had and drafts that are coming up and the mock drafts you've done. And then the second question is going to be, what quarterback, running back, wide receiver and tight end have you been targeting or finding that you've been drafting the most in your fantasy football leagues so first question first is draft strategy and Dave you were just saying that you're going into your last draft of the year of this season right now as we speak so you're doing this live so you're this is you're right in it so tell us what are you thinking what have you seen so far with your drafting and uh, in fantasy football
3: well see right now the draft I'm in is purely on the most part just a rookie draft. So in that sense right there I attacked the running back position right away. I went after Bajan Robinson right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, so but as far as just the overall draft strategy, for years it's always been, you know, hit that top running back, get the running back depth in the early rounds and then get the quarterback roughly around round three, you know, and so forth. But I think the last couple of years I've really Really changed change my my strategy because there's just so many receivers out there. It's such a passing league to where if it's not if it's not someone like uh, um, Christian McCaffrey, or Austin Eckler at the top of the board. Outside of that, I'm not looking to receive. I'm not looking to run it back to almost early part, mid, late second, early early third round. I'm jumping on the receivers unless there's a Travis Kelsey in the early part of the early part of the third round. You know, so it's just, it's, it really really is a receivers league and you just kind of find those running backs you can along the way, unless the top one's available right off the bat. That's been my strategy and got me two championships last year because of Ah, that. So,
1: okay. Well, that seems to be working for you. So, and you're continuing with that strategy now. So that's, let's see how this kind of rolls out. I can tell you this, one of the guys in my leagues that I'm drafting in tonight, his draft strategy was to not draft at all. He actually auto-drafted the last two years, and he, he won. He got second place two years ago and won last year. So sometimes good in-season management is better than a good draft strategy. But, hey, let, that let, is don't true. count on that. Don't count on that, guys. Don't count on that. <laughs> all right, uh, Scott, what about you? What have you been doing with draft strategy?
2: Yeah, so for me, what I've seen, and we, we talked about it in, in a show we did about a month or so ago, I think, is running back is so thin for me after the top 10 or 12 guys that I have to grab the running back because what I found was once you get deeper in the draft, I'm drafting wide receivers over guys like uh, Javante Williams and Rashad Penny and, you know, Khalil Herbert. I, I just can't, I just couldn't take those guys late. So, I need to make sure that I get one of these elite running backs because after that you're in these mixes of, of committees of multiple backs. I mean, even Jameer Gibbs who's for Detroit and I think he's going to be really dynamic. Montgomery's going to have plenty of touches in that offense. So do you want a a mixture of some sort of committee or do you want to have a clear number one, like a Nick Chubb or Tony Pollard or, or Saquon, right. so for me, it's running back just goes to nothing after a while.
1: Yeah, yeah, And right. I, I I agree with that too, and I, and I've I'm on record of saying that I am not afraid to draft a quarterback or a tight end early this season, this year. I think there is a huge, I mean, tight end particularly does a massive drop off after number three. Um, but that being said, I I do believe in anchoring my team with a stud running back early on in the draft. I think that yeah, that you kind of have to do that in order to make sure you don't miss out. As you say, Scott was some guy who was kind of the bell cow back getting you consistent touches week in week out. Uh, hey guys, we got a, we have a caller here. It's our friend Nas calling in Nas. You're on the, on the line. You got a question for
0: us on fantasy football. Uh yeah, man. Uh... Good hearing you guys, as usual. Good show. Uh, I just wanted to add the, this one thing, and he just kind of got into these committee backfields. But when you look at Miami and I look at Indianapolis, late rounds, like, why wouldn't I go after, you know, Deion Jackson, Evan Hall, and then, and you know, Miami Mosterd and uh, the other guy whose name I can't find right now. But it's. Yeah, yeah, it's like if, if I just get those guys late and I guarantee, you know, the number one alpha receivers early and get those targets in, I, I feel like I'm playing a better guessing game than hoping one of the, those, those bell cowbacks doesn't get hurt and kind of ruin my whole season. So that, that, that's kind of where I am right now. So I want to hear what you guys thought about that as a strategy. Well,
1: well, let me comment on one thing real quick because you touched on Nas, one of my favorite deep sleepers. We've got, got to be a, a, an even better sleeper now. Uh, and that's Devon Ashane because of the fact that, and, and Raheem Mostert is, is a good one as well. But Jeff Wilson was recently put on the injured reserve. Obviously, yep. Miami did not sign Delvin Cook, as we talked about earlier. So right now, I mean, that guy, I mean, you to think about the fact that this is, a, this is the guy who could be the running back of the future for Miami. And he could be this year's Damian Pierce. You know, last year, the Miami backfield scored 352.2 um, fantasy points, PPR fantasy points. And if one player had 60% of production, he would have been RB12 and RB8 the year before that. So take those numbers for what they mean, but Devon chain could be that guy who you get at an ADP of 139, RB43, and get the value of RB12. So I'm just saying there is some possibility there now that these only competition – is Raheem Mostert. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised here for that ADP. So I, I like that that thought. But I'm going to let both uh, Dave and uh, Scott respond to that. Dave, Scott, what do you think about uh, Nas's approach to running backs?
3: Well, his approach right there was exactly why I flipped the script that I've done for years. Because of that reason, you rely so heavily on that top guy. And if he gets hurt, like what well, you had Christian McCaffrey, what, back-to-back years not too long ago, yeah. You wind up getting hurt, and you wind up losing them for the year on the most part. You know, Saquon Barkley, that happened to him several years ago. It's just, when you start, you know, it's 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 not that it's a bad idea to go after these top running backs. I mean, obviously, if you're number two and Austin Al- Eckler's there, you take him yeah, in the right, PPR. Exactly. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But there's no shame on loading up on, like, say, hitting Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson, Actually, coming back around. You know, coming back around and landing someone like even, um, oh, off the top of my head. Reminds me of uh,
1: Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, right.
3: Yeah, right. Yeah, true. Here, you know, so this, it's
1: one of your favorites over there in Detroit, Scott. So,
3: so, but yeah, I that, that's exactly why I flipped the script the way I did, because I used to always target running backs right away. I was like, you know, this isn't working for me. It hasn't worked for years, because I've always been stagnant, always run. I always run uh uh run ass team at the end of the year for whatever reason, why because I lacked the depth of receiver, I never had that top end receiver talent
1: right. so
3: okay.
1: all right, Scott, what do you think?
2: yeah, I think it just depends on the the situation right i mean miami's one um I picked up moster today in a league that I already drafted in um mm-hmm. yeah you know, because it, it provides a little more clarity right two, two two's less than three you know it's it's late, but I think that Matt's right. So if you're dealing with a committee that's a couple of guys and you've got a little bit of clarity there, then, yeah, you can maybe jump on it. Where it gets, you know, fishy for me is when you're two, three guys, it's totally unclear. They go with a hot hand and you end up with the wrong – you know, at least for me, I always end up with the wrong guy in, in playing. And <laughs> yep. the other guy on the bench gets 40 points and, and the guy starting Murphy's gets law, man. two points. Murphy's and so it just gets—it just depends on the situation. But Miami definitely gets a little more interesting now that they're down, down one-one uh, back in that committee.
1: Yeah, right. I agree. Well, right. Well, thanks so much, Nas, for your question. Appreciate it, and thanks for listening, man.
0: All uh, right. So have a good one.
1: All right. So let's get back over to what we're uh, talking about previously, and that is who we are targeting in our fantasy football draft. So, Dave, let's start with you. Uh, who are you targeting or who you find yourself targeting or la- ending up with in drafts at quarterback, running back, wide receiver and tight end the most?
3: OK, um, I'm going to start with running back real quick first, since we were just talking about that. Yep. Uh, uh, Alexander Madison has has been had an average ADP of uh, 50, right, uh, right around round four. He's the kind of guy right there that I would target in that mid-round as I get to a, as I try to get a top-tier receiver, follow up with a tight end later on and get that quarterback because I really think Madison right there is a guy that can pretty much do it all. Every time he stepped in for Dalvin Cook, he was, yep. now granted he wasn't always a focus in the passing game, but I think he's more than capable of that, but He's he he's a between he's a he's a between the tackles runner as a guy you can definitely stretch the field from sideline to sideline. sideline and be very effective especially with Hawkinson coming of tight end and having the receivers they have he's going to have wide open holes all all year long.
1: Yeah yeah I I, I love that Alexander Man is an ADP fifty two running back twenty one some serious value there over a- oh and you plus
3: that- and plus to add on that too is the fact that he has one of the easiest schedules. Of all of all of RB ones this year too, he's ranked like their schedule's ranked third against defenses this year, so he's definitely a guy that I would, I absolutely target.
1: Yeah, and and just to to finish off the thought here, as Scott was saying, this is a guy who has really no competition, so he's basically the mm-hmm. backfield for the Minnesota Vikings. So yeah, I, I love that. Um, keep on going here, Dave.
3: Um, and then I. Scott mentioned Javante Williams earlier, and uh, he's a guy that I think he, he will be starting the season off on, on a bit of a pitch count. So Samadji Piran will be kind of a hot guy to, to a handcuff with Javante Williams. But the one thing Javante Williams brings to that offense when he is healthy is his hands. And we all know what Sean Payton does with his running backs. Just look at uh, Alvin Kamara. You know, he's got the capability to be a, th- a, a three-down back, and his ADP has been a 69 in round six. And I think right there, I mean, that's just an absolute steal for him in that round. I think by the end of the year, people will regret not taking him maybe round five. I mm-hmm. think he has that value, even though he, he will be starting off the year on a bit of a pitch count. So yep. I do like Javante Williams a lot this year.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. All right. So. so you got running backs, and let you, what are you looking at in terms of uh, quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends?
3: Um, quarterback, I got to jump on uh, Lamar Jackson here a little bit because I've noticed that in a lot of drafts, and where's that paper of mine? He's fallen to almost like quarterback number ten in a lot of your uh, drafts. I've noticed Whoa. he's had a That's- too late for him. Which No, absolutely, that's too late. And, I mean, he's definitely a guy you get in early third round, maybe even late second, depending upon what your scoring format is. Mm-hmm. But, um, well, I mean, with Lamar Jackson, he has had an ADP of 33 round three. He's been taken after guys like Dak Prescott, which makes no sense to me. Why would you take no. Dak Prescott over him? No. That makes absolutely no sense. You know, I mean, I, I wouldn't even take I mean maybe Mahomes and Jalen Hurts above Lamar Jackson to be honest with you this year especially with the offense he's going to be in this year.
0: Whoa, no so. Josh Allen? You are not taking Josh Allen ahead of Lamar?
3: Jackson? No, I'm not taking I'm not taking Josh Allen over Lamar Jackson this year. Hot
2: take. Yeah. Dave Earl today, guys.
3: Hot y- yeah, I I I just I just fear that that offense in Buffalo it's not that Allen's going to take a step back. I think they're going to really utilize the running game more. I think they're going to take. I think they're going to limit what Allen does with his legs, because let's be honest, his arm talent is above average. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not the greatest passer in the league, but he will get you points on the ground. I mean, obviously that's going to be there. Okay, I think, think they're the Bill going to. What
0: say about that, by the way? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
3: just
1: wanted you to hear that from the Bills Mafia.
3: Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's he's still in the top five. There's no doubt about that. I just put Lamar over top of him. Okay, That's all.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. So,
3: and then my and then my one other quarterback that I really like and a guy that you usually get as your number two guy as an ADP of 154, roughly around round 13. Mm-hmm. You know, is Kenny Pickett. Kenny yeah. Pickett has looked very good this off season. Uh, he's been highly accurate. I can't. I don't have his numbers offhand. But I believe he's been completing roughly about sixty-seven percent of his passes. You know, he's been making great decisions in the pocket, and I mean, and Mike, Mike Tomlin just has him in his own. And you have uh, Pickett on the outside with uh, you know, with uh, Deontay Johnson on the other side. I mean, he's got the weapons there. I, I like Kenny Pickett a lot. I definitely would jump on him probably as early even as round ten. Just to, just to kind of secure that spot, depending on how my draft flows. Because you know how you lose your guys every round and you have to adjust on the fly. If my draft goes the way that I would want it, I take him as early as 10. Wow. But, that, but that's a perfect situation. More than likely, he'd go a couple more rounds after that. Okay. So.
1: All right. Well, let's, t- let's talk about wide receivers and tight ends now.
3: Okay. Wide receivers. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go right after one name here. Obviously, I'm gonna avoid the top guys, which would be Elijah Moore for the Browns. Mm-hmm. He's had an ADP of a 120, which is around roughly around round ten. He's got a he's got a relatively easy schedule as a receiver, and having Amari Cooper there, having Nick Chubb in the running game, and Joku is a really good quality tight end, obviously. You know, and then it's and then Deshaun Watson opens up the Opens up the field with his legs, and the way that they've been utilizing Elijah Moore, it's almost Debo Samuel's esque, and how they've been using him, you know, in the slot, coming to the backfield, moving him all over the field. I really think he has a shot on shooting roughly up to about a top fifteen receiver overall in terms of by season's end, like about fifteen, seventeen, right around in there. Okay. You know, I think he really has that chi- He really has that opportunity, and then. Nico Collins in the Texans. I, this is the typical breakout year for wide receivers. And his size, his speed, his hands. I've always been a real big Nico Collins fan when he came out of Michigan. Yep. And, and right now, the attention is on um, on. Uh, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess up his last name. Mechie from Alabama coming out. There's a lot of people that were high on him going this year. And he should be. I mean, he's free, he's free from his issue with leukemia, his speed's back, everything. You know, but Nico Collins, I think, his guy is a guy that's going to dominate for the targets. He's going to probably have the most yards on that team with his ADP of 164, around 13. Him and Elijah Moore are really nice back end of the roster wide receivers that can pay you dividends, potentially, when it comes playoff time, especially if you lose one of your top guys.
1: Yeah, I love So that. Now, now, before we get to tight end, I'm going to swing back around to Scott because I, I think tight end is going to be a unique discussion here. Because it's a different, this is a different position in my opinion compared to the rest of these positions. So let me turn back to Scott and ask you for your thoughts on who you guys, who you've been targeting or ending up with at quarterback, running back, and wide receiver, and then we're gonna swing back around to tight end.
2: Yeah. So what I've been looking at is is guys that have names that fantasy players know, but they've slipped a little bit, and, and I've been targeting them and, and been able to gobble them up pretty well. So. Uh at quarterback Aaron Rodgers, ADP in the in the teams, twelve,
0: you know mm-hmm. somewhere yep. in,
2: in that range. Um I think he's out to prove a point and he's got talent. The offensive line is a problem. Um, but their defense is, is stout, so I think he's gonna put some numbers up and yep. you know, he's going outside the top ten right now. Um at yep. running back, uh I like Joe Mixon, you know, Burroughs looking like he's going to be okay last I, I heard today and but either way even if he's out it kind of helps Mixon so he's looking you know ADP again in the mid teens, and he's starting to get for me at the bottom of that serviceable running back situation so I, I like Mixon I, I've liked him for years I, I think he's he's still going to put up some numbers and and you can grab him there after the top guys yep um and then receiver, I've talked, to him, talked about him, I think, in, in all of our podcasts we've done this summer. I think I may have even drafted him. Calvin Ridley in Jacksonville. Yeah. He's in, yep. he's in those mid-teens. I, I had him in Atlanta very successfully. Uh, people, I think, are forgetting how good of a player he is. And I, I think it's it's an offense where he can really put up some big numbers.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that, and and I have to say these are all fantastic picks, and, and I'm going to briefly mention a few extra ones before we get to tight end, uh, just because I can't believe, and I know you're gonna you're gonna say I'm a homer here for saying this, but a quarterback, I mean I still like Justin Fields. I mean I think that he is actually going to be uh, a cheap a poor man's version of what Jalen Hurts was last year. I mean he's going to have the opportunity to use his legs. And he's going to have an opportunity with a much improved wide receiving core. Now that he has DJ Moore. now that he has a presumably healthy chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet for another year under his belt and Kyler Herbert actually catching passes as well. I mean, I think there is a lot of upside there for him at ADP of 45 QB seven for Justin Fields as a quarterback in, in fantasy football. And I'll give a, an honorable mention here to Russell Wilson, in Denver. I mean, I know he had his worst season ever last year, but hey, his ADP is 139, guys. He's basically free, and Sean Payton is there now. He's the quarterback whisperer. Let's see what happens. I, I, if, no, hmm. I'm, I don't want him to be my starter, but if you need a backup, or in two quarterback leagues, I don't see why you don't take a chance with Russell Wilson back there. And as far as running back, uh, I've, I I already mentioned Devon Shane, and I, I of course love Raheem Mostert as well, both of those Miami backs now move up the board because of the fact that Jeff Wilson is on injured reserve. And I, I want to mention one other guy, which I know everyone's going to say, well, that's boring, but James Connor, you know, James Connor out of Arizona. He's ADP is 64. Uh, he's running back 25. I know nobody cares about James Connor. He's not flashy. He doesn't do anything that looks fantastic. Kyler Murray is not even going to be there, but in that, in, you know, that in my opinion makes his value better. I think he's going to be a workhorse-type running back that has very little to zero competition behind the line of scrimmage. And they're just going to ram him up there over and over again, and he's a north-south runner. He'll get you yardage. They use him for short yardage situations and goal line situations. He also, passes, he also catches passes. Uh, and when they have a, if they have a backup running uh, quarterback starting the season, which they, it looks like they will, uh, they're going to be dropping it off to James Conner a lot. So I love James Conner there at 64 overall. And then for wide receiver, I just have to mention Mike Evans has slipped so far down the draft board. I know Tampa Bay is going to suck this year. I know that. I know Baker Mayfield is no Tom Brady. But, you know, Evans has had, you know, year after year, seven consecutive 1,000-yard receiving seasons. And not all those were with Tom Brady. Some of those were with Josh McCown. Some of those were with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, you know, the fact that you have Baker Mayfield there or Kyle Trask or whoever the heck it is, uh, Mike Evans can get you value. And at ADP of 75, I, do, I think he's dropped too low. I think there's some great value there if you go and find him. All right, so let's switch it around and talk about tight end because I think it's a unique situation here. Dave, how are you approaching tight end in your fantasy football drafts?
3: Well, uh, top of my board obviously you yeah, got like you know, your Travis Kelsey and so forth. I really, I really think Kyle Puss is gonna have a real big breakout year this year, but stay away from the theme of talking about the top guys. The one guy that I'm going to really target is a tennis is the Tennessee tight end, Chicka Zen I think I said that correctly. I mean you're you're <laughs> I are mean, you're, you're talking about a guy right now who has the athletic profile of, say, um, uh, Darren Waller in New York, but he's got a little more size. He's, I believe, was a converted receiver into tight end from college. And and the speed and the size profile is a mismatch against everyone. Well, now you have DeAndre Hopkins on the outside with Traylon Burks, you know, with that running game on Derrick Henry. And he, I think he's going to be a fantastic uh, safety valve. And I think that this is a year where if you're looking for a tight end that's going to break in the bottom bottom portion of the top five, this is the guy right here. I think this guy breaks into the top five, maybe just miss it by number six by season's end.
1: Wow, okay. Well, he, he, well, he averaged 14-point yards per catch last season, so he's definitely got the speed and hands to do it. Uh, so that right. is a very interesting way of approaching tight end. What about you, uh, Scott? What are you thinking?
2: Yeah, so just the guy I'm targeting um, is David Njoku in Cleveland. You've had this I've kind of man crush on David Njoku for a long
3: time. <laughs> my I have. I'm with him on that one. I love Njoku. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, but my last draft that I just finished, um, I didn't get him. And after that, I basically didn't even draft the tight end and figured I would just stream because okay. I mean, after the the top end, it gets thin. And then after, you know, 10, 12, it goes to nothing. And so I, I just figured, you know what, I'll just stream, hopefully catch somebody that has a good run. Um, I picked up the tight end in, in Tennessee that I'm not even gonna to try to say his name, but uh <laughs> Right,
1: right. Yeah. Dave's favorite uh the guy we just talked about. <laughs> we'll just call yeah. him Dave's tight end. That's what we're gonna call him from now on. Exactly. There you
0: go. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's,
2: uh, a, yeah, that's what I'm doing with tight end it's, Yeah, and Dave
1: Joker
0: obviously
1: he's great, obviously, you know, seventy two point five percent catch rate last year, so he is he's got good hands. Listen guys, the way I'm approaching tight end this year. I want one of the top three. I I mean, I just, there's such a big drop off after Hawkinson that, and Hawkinson just got a new deal today. So he's happy and he's going to start catching pass. No Adam Thielen there anymore. I mean, Travis Kelce, you don't have to say anything about him. Mark Andrews, you don't have to say anything about him either. TJ Hawkinson, I think enters the conversation as one of the top three because of the fact that they're going to have to throw a lot. I mean, no offense to Alexander Madison. He's not Dalvin cook, no offense to everybody else on that team. Uh, they're not adam thielen so you know tj hawkinson i think ends up being uh, benefiting from that otherwise if i miss on him darren waller in new york i think makes a lot of sense at adp 53 and of course dalton kincaid everyone's talking about adp 124 the rookie move tight end which was drafted early by the buffalo bills always a possibility there uh all right so that brings us to the end here so let me hit the air horn on the show Well, thanks so much, Dave, for joining us for the show today. We really appreciate you having you on. This is awesome. Sorry for my uh, dog-butt voice. This is totally probably grating on everybody at this point. Give us your social media so people can follow you.
3: Hi, my social media is uh, Dave Earl underscore 2022, uh, and that's on Twitter, and that's pretty much where I'm at. I'm mostly on Twitter. That's all where I am at. So.
1: Yeah, Twitter, or X, uh, Elon Musk, don't get angry at us. Or, that's right, Twitter X,
3: there you go, right?
1: <laughs> All right, and, and Scott, why don't you give us your uh, social media so people can follow you?
2: Yeah, hit me on uh, NFL Fantasy underscore more. I'm on there talking, giving out uh, fantasy, NASCAR, and ready for fantasy football as well. Yeah,
1: absolutely. don't uh, Everybody, make sure to follow both Dave and Scott. Great follow and, of course, you're going to get some great fantasy football advice, if so you go ahead and tweet at them or repost at them or post at them. Whatever it is, don't sue me, Elon, if I do the wrong word. All right, my name is <laughs> Elon. You can find me on Twitter at or at, 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 at Garbage Time on Facebook at the Football Garbage Time page. As usual, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy the NFL week. And it's going to be a good week. There's next week is the start of the regular season. Thanks, guys.
3: Take it easy, thanks.